0: Welcome into Behind the Plate with Marin and Nate. I'm Nate Rohr, the play-by-play voice of Nebraska Softball. I'm here with Maren Angus Combs, the Hail Varsity rider for softball, and we're talking Nebraska softball. The Huskers go out to Maryland, win two out of three games over the Terrapins, and really a big series for the Cornhuskers in terms of making sure their season continues on a path toward regionals. We're also going to look ahead to Nebraska's next series against an Indiana team that saw a 23 game winning streak end this week shonda stanton their head coach chats with us here later on and of course we'll check out our big 10 power rankings and uh, another week of shuffling and 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 some some preconceived notions rejected and and some ideas that we might have had disproved but let's start with nebraska and you know we were on this podcast i think Pretty critical of the Huskers against Michigan because it felt like they gave away an opportunity against the Wolverines. You had the home series against Michigan uh, and and some mental mistakes really led to that loss on Sunday and allowed Michigan to defeat you on your home field. So you didn't know what you were going to get from the Huskers this week. The Nebraska pitching staff was remarkable this weekend. Sarah Harness and Courtney Wallace were both razor sharp. They only allowed two runs to a pretty good Maryland team, and the Huskers win two out of three. And it changes your whole idea of where the season was going, at least in my opinion. There were some bracketology articles that had Nebraska out of regionals after this weekend. I, I I see them back on the path toward regions,
1: yeah, definitely. I think our biggest question mark was the pitching and could it could it come back strong? could it have a good weekend? And Courtney Wallace,
2: mm-hmm. she's
1: tied her career high in wins with seventeen and and Sarah Harness really did a great job over the weekend, and like you said, only two runs allowed to sure. Maryland, who's been ranked? through a good chunk of the season. They've struggled as of late. But overall, it was a great performance from Nebraska on the road. And I I don't see how they're not back in tournament talks. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I never saw them out. Um, I would agree I, with that. But, you know, that's that's our opinion. And Bracketology is opinion based.
0: Right. And, and you have a month to go. So uh, th- that mark can move a little bit. The RPI rankings were updated uh, at the beginning of this week. Nebraska was sitting 40th. In my mind, 40th is kind of the beginning of the bubble, which yeah. means you're in, you can play yourself out, but, uh, but you're in as things sit right now. Uh, but I, I, it was really important in my eyes for Nebraska to go out and win a couple of games at Maryland, because first off, I think Maryland's a part of that mix, a part of this big middle class in the Big Ten Conference. We always joke when we come in here um, and and we're trying to comprise our Big Ten power rankings. Okay, Northwestern's one because of their big (laughs) winning streak. Indiana is two. Michigan State. We slot every week at 14 after that. You know, and, and there are a couple of teams that, that we tag out uh, toward the bottom, but, you know, three through 10, this league is very even, very close, and, and you feel like anytime you can go out and win a series against that middle class period, but especially take two of three in their ballpark, that's huge for you as you build your resume.
1: Yeah, and Nebraska at 40, they're going to play an Indiana team this weekend who's 30, Uh, in the RPI, and that's an opportunity for the Huskers to move up a couple Mm -hmm. points. Take advantage of Indiana's series loss to Minnesota and build on that momentum that you just had at Maryland and try to flip the script because the higher Nebraska can get, I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams in the conference ahead of them right now in RPI. So. They're going to need to move up a couple spots to secure mm-hmm. a spot. And and you're better safe than wondering at the end of the season, are we first in or first out?
0: Absolutely. And, and it should be noted that I think Nebraska has a great opportunity in these next two weeks. You mentioned Indiana <laughs> sitting at 30th in the RPI. So if you're able to go out to Indiana and win two of three, you're going up a little bit. You have Wisconsin at home the week after that. They're sitting 34th in the RPI. Again, an opportunity to boost yourself to where even if you even if you don't quite get over them in the RPI rankings, if it comes down to those two teams, the committee will go, okay, the RPI is close. They're in the same conference. We did they play? They look at the series, they go, okay. Uh, toward the end of the year, three weeks to go, a month to go, they played, Nebraska won two out of three, we're taking the Huskers. And and, and so it's that chance to prove that you deserve something over them. And, and for Nebraska, they have done what I think every team wants to do, which is be in control of their own fate late in the season. Now, it's not going to be easy. I mean, Indiana is good. Wisconsin is good. Then they go Northwestern and Ohio State, and Ohio State's a part of that big middle class of the Big Ten Conference. But, you know, all Nebraska needs to do is win. It it is simple. It is not easy. They're going to have to play well. They're going to have to be sharp. But if they just win more than they lose down the stretch, they come into this week 13 games to go in the regular season. In my eyes, if they win seven, they're in regionals. So whatever combination of seven you get out of the next 13 gets you into regionals in my eyes.
1: From here on out, with the exception of the midweek against Creighton, mm-hmm. every team that Nebraska plays is ranked ahead of them in RPI. Yep. The, they're, you, you said it, they're in the driver's seat. They, they hold the key to their own destiny right now.
0: Absolutely. And one thing that makes you feel good about where Nebraska might go is the way Sarah Harness pitched for the Huskers. Friday night, three shutout innings, four hits, three strikeouts. You know, I feel like Nebraska was a little, I'm not going to say quick with their hook, but but their lean was early. Uh, Rhonda Ravel told me after the game that the plan was always one pitcher was going to get four innings, either Wallace or Harness. One was going to get three. And it was just where that break happened. Mm-hmm. And so they got three good innings out of Harness, decided to lift her. Wallace came in, pitched well, and finished off the win on Friday night. It felt to me on Sunday like they kind of let Harness off the leash a little bit. Yeah. And just say, okay. You go and you do the best you can for as long as you can. And she turns in five shutout, three, uh, one hit innings. She walks three. Uh, and so it feels like Sarah's getting her legs back under her after, after a rough about six-week stretch. So that's a huge thing for this team moving forward.
1: Yeah, and to leave her in, give her the extra slack, right? I mean, they need harness mm-hmm. because we talk about it every week, and I feel like... I sound like a broken record at times just saying (laughs) Courtney Wallace can't do it alone. Right. So to, to see harness come in and give five solid innings Mm -hmm. is, is it'll do wonders for this staff,
0: especially against a lineup that's seen you, you know, it's one thing to, to be the secret weapon and pop in there. And uh, on Saturday, you're a little different look than, than Courtney. Uh, But, but, they saw her on friday night and i think the way the husker staff used harness this week i i i didn't want to use the word quick hook on friday because uh, you know that she needed an outing i think to rebuild confidence yeah she needed an outing where she left the game feeling like she pitched pretty well yeah. well friday night was that and, and then they give her the ball back on sunday and she goes out and and throws very well against a Maryland team that wanted that game uh, very badly. You know, we mentioned Courtney Wallace, and and you know, she just keeps going out there and fighting for this team. I, I, You look at her and we've said it, she's not a pitcher coming off the bus, but she's somebody who competes like crazy. Somebody who stays in there and fights. She got in a jam on Friday night, got out of it without giving up a run. Uh, pitched well enough to win on Saturday, she loses the game but but you'll take what you got out of her uh, on Saturday and then of course Sunday comes in and and throws the last two innings so uh, you know Courtney Wallace being solid I think has allowed harness to step up and if harness can be solid then then this team can do what what we said they need to do now in the stretch
1: once you get into postseason play these teams are no longer gonna see your pitcher every single game Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening right now with nebraska right everyone is going to see courtney wallace right at least twice Mm -hmm. and at this rate three times same thing harness right she's gonna be seen twice sometimes maybe in all three games so by the time they get to postseason that doesn't matter anymore
0: sure they get one look at you you get one look generally yeah maybe two but but yeah you only you only get one shot at them let's talk a little bit about the husker offense and of course on friday night another brookie blast trademark anybody else uses it i'm suing you for everything you have (laughs) uh also uh the good folks maryland sid staff uh, Kind of crawled under my skin a little bit, oh no in the in the post game release, they called it a lucky two run home run, Marin, you coach softball, you've followed softball. How many lucky two run home runs clear the scoreboard to the opposite field
2: that's
1: not lucky, that's strength,
0: uh-huh, yep, that's kind of what I thought too,
1: you know what, maybe if Brooke was a slapper who, you know, r- hit a bunch of, you know, infield singles mm-hmm. and then suddenly got a hold of one and sent it over the scoreboard, I'd be like, eh. Maybe there's something there. Maybe maybe something, but no, that, that was her 10th home run of the year. That's not right. lucky.
0: No. I, I I know I was uh, a little appalled, uh, let's put it that way, at, at that home run being termed lucky, especially the way she's swinging the bat, uh, I, I really – it was kind of a slap in the face uh, yeah. toward toward Brooke and toward this team. And uh, I think the Huskers took notice. Uh, and then on Sunday, and I was so encouraged by the fact that Nebraska finally seemed to address the the issue that they have had all year, which is handling the changeup. This is a Maryland team that has great changeup pitchers. Courtney Weich throws a 72 mile an hour fastball, but has a terrific changeup. Trinity Schlatterbeck locked down the Huskers with a fastball change-up mix. And then the great closer for Maryland, Kira Booker. Uh, that's what she has. She, she is that that's her one trick right now. I'm sure she's working to build a pitching repertoire, but her changeup is a Bugs Bunny changeup where you can literally swing and miss <laughs> at it three times as it comes in from her hand spin to her, the plate.
1: Spin yourself around into yeah. the ground.
0: <laughs> and, and, and Nebraska was corkscrewing themselves into the ground against it on Saturday. And it was a real focus for this team to hit the changeup mm-hmm. on Sunday, adjust to the changeup. And they did that. They, you know, they got three good swings on Booker. Uh, in the fourth inning, the the definitive two-run triple by Bredwell that more or less put the game away. Even the two outs Nebraska got, they were Rockets. So I think that's the biggest encouraging sign moving forward for Nebraska is it looks like they can adjust to the changeup because they faced good changeup pitchers, and at least on Sunday, they were able to deal with
1: it. Yeah, and, and something that I've noticed with the Nebraska hitters when it comes to a changeup is that they're swinging right mm-hmm. They're and we're taught and and i teach my kids right we're not swinging at change-ups unless you have two strikes on you right unless you go up to the plate looking change
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're sitting for that off-speed pitch you're not you're most likely not going to hit it Yeah, and and that kind of had been the trend that nebraska was on when it came to off-speed pitchers and like yeah you said it and booker that change up is it it just floats
0: yeah it's a little it's like a soap bubble i mean (laughs) honestly i don't know if i've seen a a a division one pitcher let alone a major conference pitcher throw a pitch with regularity that slow she was able to locate it like crazy yeah a pitch that slow
1: I don't think we've seen anything like that lately. I'm going to throw out the goat Lisa Fernandez. Okay. She had a fantastic change up back sure. in the day. But of course, I mean, for some people listening to our podcast, they, they weren't alive to watch Lisa <laughs> Fernandez play and they just know her as, as a coach at UCLA.
0: Yeah. I, I never saw her pitch. Uh, I of course know the name. Um, I would be lying if I said I was as tuned into softball during her career as, as, as I am now, but at the same time, uh, yeah, that's a name I know, but I, I didn't see her pitch. But the point is, yeah. it, you know, that, that change up can be such a weapon and it really had been, uh, against Nebraska to this point. Uh, and, and they were able to settle in, they were able to deal with it. And, and, and first off, that says, that, you know, we talked about it. That Nebraska had put on tape struggles against the changeup. Uh, they they had they had shown uh, that they were having difficulty uh, with the changeup. I mean, Lauren Durkowski had a very good one for Michigan and really oh, yeah. tied the Huskers up in knots um, a, a couple weeks ago. So so you get that, and, and then of course Maryland sits there and goes, okay, well, you know. Y- you couldn't deal with that one and we'll see if you can deal with ours and Nebraska really couldn't, uh, the first two games, of the series, but they honed in on it. They locked in on the changeup. They were able to deal with it. And, and so now that has a chilling effect on, on the rest of their opponents, uh, saying to them, are, are you really sure you want to, you want to throw that change up up there because they can deal with it and they can adjust to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, and, you're right. They're going to, teams are going to now have to adjust their plan of attack,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: They're going to say, Hey, Nebraska is having a hard time with a changeup. Let's, let's attack. And, uh, and now they'll say, Oh, you know what? Now they're coming around. Yeah. They can see it. We're going to have to adjust. So yeah. it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out with some of the pitchers they face and how they go at Nebraska. Right. Is it, more up and down, in and out. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, we'll teams see. won't won't necessarily totally abandon the changeup. No. Let's be you clear: can't. is you that, can't. No, it's that's... that's something you do. The Huskers are going to see it, but I, I do think that that it gives you a little hope and a little confidence that hey, even if they face a pitcher with that in their arsenal, uh, they can deal with it. They can handle it. Um, you're hopeful that they can make that adjustment quicker. Yeah. next time but but at least they've shown they can eventually adjust to it that that's a good start
1: yeah the off-speed pitch is it's an interesting thing because you look at some of the great pitchers in the game okay let's look at montana fouts for example Mm -hmm. okay montana throws 70 miles an hour plus yep okay um not a great off-speed pitch Mm -hmm. uh and you can be dominant your freshman year maybe your sophomore year throwing 70 miles an hour because that i mean
0: sure it's heat
1: it's heat no you don't see that often Mm -hmm. you're not going to see 70 often Mm -hmm. and but by the time you're a junior well now they've seen you enough times Mm -hmm. there's enough tape there's enough preparation for that 70 mile an hour not not to be so dominant Well, what does a pitcher have to do? They have to develop an off-speed pitch, right? Montana has been working on that, Mm -hmm. still not perfected. But when you look at pitchers like that, that bring that kind of heat, if they don't have that off-speed pitch, their dominance starts to fall off the table, the older they get.
0: And and at some point they catch up with you at some point, they know it's coming. Uh, The hitters quicken their timing. They work all week on on fastballs, knowing that they can sit on your heat. And I mean, Division One hitters can handle 70 eventually. You know, it, eventually. It, it's not like absolutely every one of them can, but the better hitters, especially the ones you see uh, all the time in Southeastern Conference play, they can get up there, and, oh, yeah. and they have. One more thing on the changeup and one of the purveyors of it, Kira Booker. Did you notice her face paint? Is I, I sure didn't until game three, and a friend of mine uh, texted me while I was broadcasting that game, and I noticed right off Kira Booker's hair. Uh, Kira Booker, the the pitcher for Maryland, has black hair that has bright pink dye. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's part of it is dyed bright pink. Notice that game one game three i noticed she had like a red slash painted across her face did you see that i did i i i I wish i would have found out what was going on and uh if if i had had a little better rapport with the maryland sid staff i might have asked but you know maryland was one of those teams that you know you had a lot of eye black a lot of of, yeah there was a lot you know some with the crosses some with the, the extra stuff which you know not my cup of tea but whatever gets you going but a red slash painted across your face I what in heaven's name
1: I don't know I did see someone though with it looked like like the three fingers that Uh went like this on both sides of her face I don't I never wore eye black I'm not a huge fan of it I really don't understand why I I mean
0: it's supposed to cut down glare from what they say but,
1: yeah, but some girls they end up putting glitter on it, and then what happened? That glare—I mean, the glare is going to be even worse when there's right. glitter, right?
0: Yeah, when when the sun catches the glitter, it, yeah, I mean,
1: I don't know, have you tried it? Have you put glitter on your face before?
0: No, not intentionally. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there have been occasions in my life where where, where there's just kind of glitter around, and it ends up. But you know, I've never I, I've never worn eye black myself. First off. I've never put glitter on myself intentionally, second off. <laughs>
1: Where and is this thirdly, conversation going I've never right put
0: it on my face, <laughs> put both of them on my face, you know, try, trying to achieve both intimidation and a stylish look on the ball field. Uh, not quite my know. deal. As stylish as I get, the old throwback Nebraska hat that I wear and the, the uh, classic uh, jackets they came out with this year with the... Uh, with the uh, Husker red, with the white script, Nebraska. on I'm, I'm an old school guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big glitter guy. Okay, what do you want from me? All right. All right. Let's,
1: let's get back to our. Uh...
0: Let, let's get back on the base paths. <laughs> let's get back behind the plate, right? And and, and we're getting ready uh, to. Uh, seen the nebraska softball team take on the indiana hoosiers uh iu has had a terrific year this year uh they saw their lengthy winning streak end this week but still a very good season for the hoosiers to this point and we're happy to have shonda stanton their head coach of uh of the last few years joining us and uh, coach stanton first off thank you for joining us and uh anytime you can put away about two dozen straight wins you have to feel pretty good about your team what are your feelings about this season so far from your bunch
2: well super impressed with what we've done on the offensive side of the ball and like you said when you you can rattle off 23 straight wins i've been coaching 25 years and i haven't been a part of a team uh, that's been able to do that and so Kudos to our group. Uh, you know, I felt in those stretches, our pitchers uh, pitchers have elevated. But I think that one of the other difference makers was we played clean defense. And, you know, we went up to Minnesota this past weekend, and that was the one area that slipped. You know, I felt both teams hit the ball well. Uh, we didn't make enough plays defensively. Uh, but super proud of our group. 23 straight wins. Got to love that. Got some money in the bank. And now that's a tough stretch. Uh, we're going to grind these next two weeks. we got two midweek, two mid-week games. We play Nebraska. We're at Michigan. Uh, a good grinder of a stretch right now.
1: And with your explosive offense, freshman, Taryn Kern, oh my goodness. <laughs> she, I would say she's running away with the conference freshman of the year, maybe potentially player of the year. She's setting program records, like just, oh my goodness. What can you say about her?
2: Special talent. And when you watch her hit, she is so mature. You know, she looks like a veteran in the box. Uh, she can take pitches. She can get to two strikes. Uh, and still do damage. Uh, she'll do damage on a full count whereas a lot of athletes are looking only for the walk and she won't chase. Uh, and so I, she's got a keen eye. Uh, she's super disciplined, she knows how to attack a plan and she's a rat. she works. Uh, she gets after it. So you know you talk about a kid um, that has made a tremendous impact on both sides of the ball. you know she obviously had that viral moment at Purdue, but she makes catches, you know phenomenal catches going back you know into a shallow center. Um, I you know, can't be any more pleased with what we're seeing out of her. Uh, her OPS is off the charts. I mean, you, you talk power and a great eye um, makes for a super combination. Love what I'm seeing out of her.
0: Obviously, anytime you recruit a player, you're hopeful that she can make uh, an immediate impact for you. And, and I'm sure uh, you had in the back of your head that she could really help you out. But did you see this level of a freshman year from her to where there's legitimate discussion about her being the Big Ten Player of the of the year.
2: Well, you know, initially we don't make projections like that per se, uh, but we, you know, she was one kid that we told her from day one. You know, with a, a group that a lot of positions were up for grabs, that she was penciled in or penned in for the 60 game starts. Like we knew she'd be our starter at second base. We knew she, and I told her, you got to be comfortable to hit anywhere from two to eight in our lineup. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we started off the beginning of the year. She was a little bit further down the lineup, and she just kept moving up, moving up. And it doesn't matter where we've had her, she has flat out performed. And I think what's helped as of late is she's got hitters in front of her and she's got hitters behind her. And you can't say enough about what Taylor Minnick's doing behind her because if she's not hitting behind her, then Taryn isn't going to get any good pitches. And so, you know, I, I, I tell you, we knew – um, she was a special talent, but you know, for us, we, I guess we don't project that early and now it's exciting talking to her about what all American numbers look like you know, talking to her about, uh, you know, RBIs and driving and runs and, you know, how you can help this program. And so, uh, you know, it's a joy to just sit back and watch, you know, watch her do her thing, you know, hitters hit. And, you know, when you're in the third base box, uh, that is super fun to just be relaxed and watch them do their thing.
1: When you look at someone like that, she's not just leading the conference and home runs, but she's leading the NCAA and <laughs> division one. I mean, I, you just, you look at some of the other names that she's, that she's competing against at the top of the ranks, even for RBIs, she's ranked number four and she's above, I think Kiki Malloy and mm-hmm. like all of these names, right. That at the beginning of the year where our player of the year predictions for the ncaa and i mean is that a possibility do you think like is she gonna squeak her name up into these talks for maybe you know the ncaa's freshman of the year or
2: you bet i mean her one word is limitless and you know there are no limits there uh you know when it when it comes to the power numbers and look at her walks and hit by pitches so you know again it's not like you know she's just you know up there getting greedy uh, she's taking what she gets. And, you know, there'll be moments where, uh, you know, I, I think there was a game early on where at 3-1, there was a, a pretty decent pitch that she could have attacked and she took it and didn't get greedy. And then on the full count, uh, she drove the ball of the yard. And at, that's where I'm saying, like, to you know, every pitch for her, Uh, You know, it's just a pitch and she knows exactly her plan and what to hunt and what she's looking for. And she executes that plan extremely well. And she does the work, you know, whether it's getting in here, you know, late at night and, you know, I'll I'll be coming back to grab something. and She's in here hitting, Uh, you know, the kid works. And, you know, I I just the the tone that she's setting as a freshman uh, is going to pay dividends for our entire team uh, for many years to come.
0: Chatting with Shonda Stanton, the head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers IU, comes into the week at 30-11 and 11 overall, 9-2 and two in the league. Uh, and one more question, not just about Taryn, but really the impact she can have on your program. When you have a player put up the numbers that Taryn's doing as a freshman, what impact does that have first on the rest of the players in the lineup with her? And then second off, as you try and find another one like her, or at least somewhat like her, I know 433 with 17 home runs, uh, you've got to look pretty hard to find somebody Mm -hmm. like that. But how does that help you moving forward to try and attract more in that neighborhood?
2: Well, she elevates everybody around her and she's making everybody take notice of the Hoosiers. And, you know, she's been a key, uh, you know, component of what we're doing. And so, you know, I, and when you look up and down our lineup, it, we are just, um, you know, littered with freshmen and sophomores that are performing at a really high level. And so, you know, she's gonna help attract greatness. Uh, and so I'm excited about that, you know, and I, you know, I just want her to continue to shine uh, because I think there's no greater joy as a coach, you know, obviously watching them grow as women and equipping and empowering them is awesome, you know, and then for them to be able to go between the white lines and own their moment and own their stage, it's just, I got the best job in the world, right? You know, I get to go out there and, and do that every day. And so it's lights, camera, action when the, when it's game time, that's their time. And so to be able to watch Taryn do her thing. And then what's even more exciting, her whole family, you know, they just support her so well. So watch them traveling all over the country and to watch her play. You know, even her brother and sister got to come and, and see the record-breaking 17th home run. Uh, you know, we had a chance for her to call Michelle Venturillo when she tied the record. And so be able to have that engagement from an alumni, uh, you know, it's exciting. She's elevating our program and we're super proud of her.
1: Another aspect of, I think, your philosophy of playing, and we saw it when you were the head coach at Marshall, but you, you like to run. Mm-hmm. And... um, when you look at when it comes to stolen bases in the conference you guys are on another level so where where does that philosophy come from and are you looking for certain things are you telling your play do your players just have a green light how does that all work
2: well it's funny i just said to one of my staff members yesterday this may be the first year we don't get down 100 stolen bases in in the last Mm -hmm. like almost 20 years and that's because we're hitting the ball so well we don't need to take those chances. And so, you know, the whole philosophy is a, a lion mode mentality where nobody's gonna give you anything. You gotta take what you want. And and so that's our approach. And you know, there's over 20 ways to score from third base. So it's all predicated on you have to get to third base. And so how do you get there? You go first to third. Uh your dirt bags. So any dirt ball read, you're taking it. Any bobble in the outfield, you're taking the next 60 feet. And so, yes, there are things that we teach and that we train, and then we get into the game, we trust it. Um, some have the green light, you know, particularly on, uh, you know, change ups or balls in the dirt. Uh, you know, a lot of it is, um, you know, just what, you know, where's the shortstop position? Clearly, we know the numbers, you know, what are your times, you know, as the runner, you know, what's the speed of the pitch getting to the plate? What's the pop time? So sure, the, the normal mathematical equation goes into play, but there's so much more to that. You know, how, how the middles, how do they move through the zone? You know, can you steal off the pitcher? You know, what's the catcher doing? Are you stealing off of her when she lobs it back to the pitcher? So it's such a fun game. And when you look, I think we got a tremendous combination of speed and power up and down the lineup. And so this has been one of the most exciting teams I've had the privilege of coaching. But that's a game, you know, that we'll always do, whether we have speed or not in the lineup. Uh, We're still going to put pressure. We're still going to run. And I think, you know, we're over 80 stolen bases, uh, and we've got more power than we've ever had. And that's an exciting place to be as a coach.
0: I was just gonna ask you about that. And we're chatting with Sean Stanton, the head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. And, uh, you know, 86 stolen bases coming into the year, but 57 home runs. And you mentioned not having to take the chances on the base paths that you normally have to uh, because you have so much power. How much of an adjustment has that been for you and your team uh, to understand or, or to maybe tap the brakes a little bit on the aggressiveness on the base paths, that's marked your program.
2: Well, the biggest adjustment is on the first and thirds. I, you know, whenever I teach on base running at conferences, I'm like, "Run something!" You never stay. Well, I'm leaning in to a runner at third. Uh, you know, almost once a game, saying, "Hey, we're not going to run here because we, if we run, they're going to pitch around her." And, and so, uh, you know, unless they start pitching around her, we notice just something's open. It will take it. But a lot of times, we're staying, so they pitch to the header. And that's been the biggest adjustment. But I think our athletes are starting to understand that and, and they're okay with it. And, and I think the key is to keep the pressure on everywhere else. We may not just take the straight steel, but if they give you something else, let's go ahead and grab it. You know, like, like I mentioned, whether it's a dirt ball read, whether it's the bobble, um, you know, whether it's not being lined up on a relay, you know, there's certain things that they know to look for and that we look for as a program. And we're going to continue to be all gas, um, but we're also also going to you know have power in the tank too.
1: What did you see in your team and this is, let's go back beginning of the season, right? Clearwater was a rough yeah. tournament for you guys. Yeah. So at what point did you see kind of a, the switch flip to where you, you went on that run? What, what was it that, that really sparked this team?
2: Well, you know, I, I think it's one game after the next and you start logging, all of a sudden you look up and you've now won nine straight, ten straight, and the confidence builds. But I, I think really it was the Maryland series. Uh, I think that was the weekend where, you know, we were still up and down a little bit and, they you know, they come in and, and we sweep that series at home. I think that was a shot in the arm for our athletes, you know, and then we go on the road and and we sweep a Purdue series when we were down in both games. And I think the one game we were down 5-1, you know, and then we have Ohio State at home and we sweep that series. So now you're looking up and you're 8-0 in the Big Ten. So winning definitely uh, helps that. But, you know, I think one of the things that we told our team, whether it was when we were 0-5 in Clearwater or got out to a slow start, you know, we told them some things. We told them in that preseason it was built for 20 wins. We, we ended preseason with 19 wins. Um, you know, I didn't think we would go ahead and, and start, you know, Big Ten play 8-0. Um, but, you know, we've kind of told them some things about how the schedule is built. And, and I think when you believe something, your behaviors precede that, right? And so if you believe we're a great hitting team, you're going to go up there and swing free. If you believe there's a hitter behind you, you're not going to take these hacks that put all the pressure or be tentative at the plate. And so I, I think that's the biggest thing is just talking to her, what do you believe about this program? You know, talking to them about RPI. Do you believe, you know, this group can get Indiana back to postseason and be on the national map? If you believe that, Then your behavior is going to be different. And I tell you, I know their behavior is different because Monday was our off day yesterday. And I'm in here in the office, and this place, there's rats all over this place. You know, and I, you know, that's, and that wasn't the case maybe a month ago, you know. And so whatever you start to believe your behavior then backs that up. And so that's when I started to see a difference is how we're acting. You know, I, they get it. They know what's on the line now. I think RPI is sitting at 30. They know this is a grind of a stretch here, um, but we don't have to be perfect over this next stretch. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is don't fall into that trap where oh, they won 23 straight. Now they've lost two in a row. I, I it doesn't matter. Like it's all going to shake out over these next couple weeks. We know what number we're probably going to get to. Um, and we just got to go out there and be free and relax and enjoy the game
0: looking at your pitching staff Brianna Copeland ha, has driven you in the circle uh 14 and0 283 era to this uh, entering this week uh, what stands out about what she's been able to do this year
2: well you got to look at her in a uniform she is built different she's an athlete uh, she is a, one of the better two-way players around she's a power pitcher you know cl- uh, closing in on 70 you know she's high 60s 70. Um, she hits the ball a ton uh, and then she steals bases too. Uh, she's really probably our, our best base dealer right now. And so she does it all. And then when she's not on the mound, she's playing third base. And so for us, you know, we, we gotta be smart too, uh, to make sure we're taking care of her and she's taking care of her body and those types of things. But she is fun to watch. I, there's nothing more fun than watching her round third and sliding in, Superman sliding into home. Uh, she is a tremendous athlete. And I, you know, when when my, my assistant coaches had seen her play, uh, she had come up for, up to a camp I hadn't seen her play yet. And we were doing a base running station that has agilities. And one of them, they were doing push ups. And I saw her do push ups. And I'm like, I don't even need to see her do anything else.
1: <laughs> I, I've never
2: had a pitcher like that that was such an athlete. I'm like, I'm good. You know, and then she gets on the mound and she you know, she's popping 68, 69. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what else can this kid do? Um, so I, you know, and she's got a smile that lights up a room. Uh, You know, I I just, it's fun uh, to watch that kid compete.
0: Well, Coach Stanton should be a terrific series this weekend between Nebraska and Indiana. We thank you for making some time today, and uh, we'll see you out in Bloomington this weekend.
2: Thank you for having me on. Go IU. Take care.
0: You betcha. Coach Shonda Stanton, and I mean, what an embarrassment of riches. Wow. Especially on the offensive side of things where, they lead the big 10 in home runs and they lead the big 10 in stolen bases. I'm not sure I've seen that.
1: Yeah. You have to go back and look at coach Stanton's history, right? Because Mm -hmm. at Marshall, she kind of had that there. Mm -hmm. And, but Morgan circle was one of her stars at Marshall. She was a stolen base machine Mm -hmm. and she could also, you know, hit home runs when she wanted to. Um, but yeah, I, it's just her philosophy. I enjoyed really listening to her talk about that philosophy, and yeah. it because it's just so different. And when you have a, when you have players up and down your lineup like Indiana does, like looking at Copeland, yeah, she's she is one of their best base stealers. She is <laughs> one of the
0: stolen bases.
1: She is one of their best hitters. And oh, by the way, she has not lost a game in the circle.
0: Yeah, uh, you're, you're getting a pretty good year out of somebody when they when they're among your top base stealers, uh they're among your top hitters and they haven't lost a game pitching for you and uh indiana has a lot going on especially from the offensive standpoint averaging over seven runs a game that's going to win you a lot of games and and that is predicated on that aggressive mindset offensively the way they run the bases the amount of pressure they put on on people uh you know, once they get a runner on base, and so it becomes so important for a pitcher to work from ahead. You can't walk people no. because it's going to be a double in effect very quickly. And maybe that's what set up their power hitting. Obviously, they have good hitters, so don't get me wrong, but it also sets up your power hitting when the, the other team knows you're going to run so that's that's more fastballs that's more easy pitches for your hitters to handle and one feeds the other
1: i like to call it controlled chaos mm-hmm. because you are you're as the coach you're in control of what your your players are doing right you know they're gonna run but what is that batter gonna do behind mm-hmm. right are they going to are you gonna bunt are you gonna do a hit and run or sure. are you gonna hit a home run You know, I mean, it it keeps the pitch caller in the other dugout on their toes. And I think coming up this weekend, this is probably the biggest test for this Nebraska pitching staff. Mm -hmm. They're going to have this year because you can't take. there's no batter that you can take off.
0: Right. I mean, it's up there with UCLA and Oklahoma State, um, you know, as far as as the quality of lineup, the one hole that i see with indiana is a lack of pitching depth because yes. copeland copeland's 4-0 283 era coming in uh, but then after that there's a pretty big drop uh, heather johnson in era of four is their number two pitcher macy Montgomery's their number three pitcher 420 era so this is an indiana team that gives up some runs yeah and and, and if you stay mentally in the game and don't get the discouraged when they steal a couple bases on you or you give up a home run there's an opportunity for you when you get the bat back in your hand
1: and as a team Indiana leads the league in batting and they're 12th of 14 in pitching mm-hmm. so knowing that as a hitter and that you've got to produce runs to win the ball game
0: right yeah there there's pressure on you when you step to the plate against this Indiana team. Uh, even though the pitching staff really hasn't distinguished themselves to this point. All right. Speaking of distinguishing themselves, the Big Ten Power Rankings, let's take a look at how we stack up uh, this conference. It feels like we shuffle it a little bit every week, other than the top spot. And uh, so, Maren, let's go with your top three, if you would.
1: Yeah, but first I want to say there are two things we know for sure. Uh We know Northwestern is number one. Yep. And we know Michigan State is number 14. Right. I think that'll stay that way all year. Mm-hmm. In between, total crapshoot.
0: Oh, yeah. Shuffle the deck every week.
1: All right. So, one, Northwestern. Two, mm-hmm. Indiana. Three, Nebraska.
0: And I agree. I agree. You know, Northwestern uh, goes out and sweeps Penn State at home. Uh, the 24-6 to 6 whooping the uh, wildcats put on penn state uh on saturday you know i remember one of us on this uh, podcast talking about how good the penn state pitching staff was gonna be i forget which yeah, one i but, wonder uh, who
1: that could be uh, yeah, well, i think yeah, uh i, uh, I think maybe. he's sitting next yeah. to me
0: i think it's a he yeah uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Cam? our producer, our producer Cam, Cam. Uh, was real high on the uh, nittany Lang uh <laughs> pitching staff uh, to put in perspective uh what Uh, Northwestern's softball team did on Saturday. So the team that plays directly adjacent to Sharon J. Drysdale Field, uh, the Northwestern Wildcat football team, and not a great year for the Cats uh, this past year, Um, though they beat Nebraska in the season opener. Uh, Anyhow. That was in
1: Ireland, wasn't it?
0: It was, and and I wish it would have stayed over there. Uh, But at any rate, So Northwestern softball tallies 24 runs in four innings. Um, Northwestern football, 12 (laughs) games, only three times scored 24 points. And I don't know if you know this, Marin, I I presume you're a pretty big sports fan. Yeah, Uh, not not to insult your intelligence, but I don't want to I don't I don't want to assume. you get six points when you score a touchdown in football. Uh huh. So so, three touchdowns, right. and three extra points, and a field goal. Yeah. You, you got to score runs one by one in softball, and Northwestern football could only muster twenty four points three times. Northwestern softball hung twenty four runs in four innings. Yeah. I mean that's that's incredible but at any rate of course northwestern remains number one um indiana number two yes they lose the series at minnesota i'm not troubled by that um minnesota's a good team It's played well lately um i i, I do think it's kind of a, a a readjustment for how we look at indiana um but we'll get a good sense of it, I think, this week against Nebraska, and then Huskers third. I mean, they go out to Maryland, uh, they win that series, they pitch very well. Uh, I'll put the Huskers third, and and maybe that's buying in a little too quickly. But if Nebraska gets the pitching from Harness and Wallace that they got this last week, they're going to be fine. They're going to be really good. So I'll I'll put the Huskers at three and and buy into. Hopefully, the rising stock of this pitching staff.
1: Yeah, I, I I think that the top three, I think we're pretty solid. Sure. Um, All
0: it, right, I think the next four is where we get crazy, though. Yeah, huh? this
1: is this is where it hits the fan. <laughs> That's um, about right. So, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's like. I had Maryland up in here for so long, and and they just kind of fell off the table. I mm-hmm. mean, it's hard to to see Maryland in this top half right now. But right, um, and then we had Michigan up here, and then Michigan goes and loses to Illinois. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, this is this is where it just gets crazy.
0: Maybe my recency bias is getting to me, but I'm gonna keep Michigan at four. Yeah, they dropped. Uh, the game to Illinois this last week in Ann Arbor but uh, I I just I think they're pitching it much better Uh, the offense is good enough the offense is not great I don't think the offense is going to be great for them this year Uh, but that you know from a from a pitching standpoint that'll keep them in a lot of games Uh, I've got Wisconsin five and this feels a bit low Uh, they go out to Purdue and they sweep them Wisconsin's had a favorable beginning draw in Big 10 play, Michigan State, Illinois, Purdue. That changes this week because they are they have Northwestern at home, they've got the double header with Minnesota, then at Nebraska, at Maryland, and with Iowa. So um, I, I've been a little reluctant to buy into Wisconsin uh, because I think they've played a, a fairly easy, Big Ten schedule to this point, um, but they get the chance to prove me wrong in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Ohio State six, and I just don't know what to do with the Buckeyes. Like, I feel like they're a top half of the Big Ten, but they don't—they don't just grab me by the throat and say, "You know what? We we deserve upper echelon consideration." It it, it just feels like they tread water. It, that that program stays about top half, you know, middle four, you know, this this range, you know, four through seven in the Big Ten, go into regionals, but not a region, but not a conference championship contender. It feels like they're there virtually every year. Then I've got, believe it or not, your Iowa Hawkeyes at Look seven. Look at that! I I you know.
1: Look at that! The Here pitch, they come!
0: Yep, yeah, the pitching staff made me a believer. Uh, they go out to Michigan State. Yes, they do what you expect them to do. They sweep the Spartans. Uh, they've got Maryland at home uh, this week. But I I, I I like their pitching staff. I'm, you know, the offense is what it is, but pitching staff's really good. Uh, there's not a, enough runway, I, I don't think, to get them into regionals. Uh, but they're putting together a very nice year out there.
1: Yeah. The only way Iowa makes... Regionals is if they go out and win the tournament. If right. they if they win the conference tournament, that I at this point in the season their RPI is a little low, and and while they are putting together a nice record overall, mm-hmm. uh, that's the only way they'll get in.
0: Right. Okay. So we've covered the top half. Uh, take us through the uh, the next four, if you would.
1: All right. Here's I dropped Maryland into this area. Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, mm. Illinois. Um, i i dropped michigan down in this area because i while they did win the series against illinois um it wasn't by much
0: now two one run wins yes
1: it wasn't by much there yeah two run one what, what, say that five times fast
0: ha, one uh, run <laughs> unique York. <laughs> i i just blew it unique <laughs> new york unique <laughs> new york the arsonist had oddly shaped etc et go ahead
1: um and one of them was in extra innings. So, yeah. It, it just didn't feel uh like a like a performance that they had against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And and the hot and cold, it's like, okay, well where where do you fit in this set of power rankings for this week? And this yeah. is where this is where I landed them.
0: Okay. Well, that's fair. Okay. So, you got Michigan uh in this bottom half along with Maryland and after that I mean, I, Rutgers is down here too. Yeah, I, I, I they're another one that I I can't quite figure out. So uh, my next three I've got Minnesota at eight, and that feels low. Interesting. Yeah, that feels low. um I I'm waiting to buy in on them. Uh, maybe maybe to my discredit, um because yeah, they beat Indiana in the series. I. They're at Michigan State this week. Then they get the doubleheader uh, against Wisconsin uh, next midweek. So, you know, the, this feels low for Minnesota. I have trouble boosting them over Iowa, which just went out and won its yeah. series. I have trouble hopping them over Ohio State, who I think's a good team. Uh, and, and then from there, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, etc. Um So Minnesota eight, Maryland down to nine, and it's not just losing the Nebraska series, but it's also getting swept up at Rutgers. Uh, And and not to rip on Rutgers, but that, you know, if you as are Maryland sitting there thinking we're a regional team, you go up to Rutgers and you win at least one. Yeah. Uh, And and they were not able to do that. I've got Rutgers at 10, and I I just feel – I'm waiting to buy into them. I'm reluctant to buy into them uh, due to their very easy non-conference schedule. Um, They lose the series to Ohio State. So if I was inclined to buy into them, it wasn't gonna happen after this week. Uh, They have Indiana in two weeks. So they get Indiana after the Huskers. Uh, And maybe at that point, that's kind of where the rubber meets the road on them. they, they've had a fairly manageable draw in the Big Ten. Illinois, Purdue, Maryland, at Ohio State, at Penn State, Indiana, at Iowa, and then they end with the rough uh, matchup against Northwestern. But especially early on, they, they've had a chance to build some confidence and belief, and I don't know that it's going to pay off this year, but I think in the coming years it'll help out for Rutgers. But for right now, I've got them at 10.
1: Yeah, kind of a similar situation to Iowa. The mm-hmm. RPI is way too low, so Rutgers is a bottom three in the conference in RPI. And even though they they have a good record, they have they have a decent. I mean,
0: yeah, I don't, they're they're okay. They're de-
1: open. They're, oh, they're decent schedule. Whatever, right? But seventy two RPI, they don't get in. No, they're not even on the bubble.
0: No, no, they're, and
1: i mean unless i don't
0: know that they could play them their way on
1: no no i don't and, think so either
0: and, and so they have to win the big 10 tournament exactly. now the good news for them is they're currently sitting in fourth they're tied for fourth with nebraska and iowa coming into this week uh top four get and so that makes your path one game shorter uh to try and win a big 10 tournament championship um And as we said, the schedule is going to be pretty manageable to where maybe they get that by, maybe they don't, Uh, but but they'll at least be in the running for it and they'll have some confidence and that opens the door for them to perhaps make a run at the Big Ten tournament at the end of the year. All right, round out your power rankings, if you would. All
1: right, Illinois, Penn State, Purdue, and Sparty
0: oh sparty um my four my four teams are the same the order is a little skewed illinois 11. um you know they're they were competitive uh with michigan um but but i i think it's safe to label the season a disappointment uh for the illini purdue at 12. uh they get swept at wisconsin t- your know, home against wisconsin Tough series, but, you know, I just don't see that thing turning around for them. Uh, and then the next two weeks for them are pretty tough with uh, with Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, Penn State 13 totally sold, you know, sold my stock on them. Um, you know, you go up to – I obviously, you don't expect them to go up and win that series against Northwestern, but, man, 24 runs. 24 runs. Come on. <laughs> and then MSU um, 14th uh, per usual. So uh, that that's kind of how things look right now. And um, I, as we say, you know, the, the middle class, the middle of this conference continues to shuffle every week. And uh, I think this is going to be a really compelling final month of the year. Uh, like, like we say, I don't know that anybody runs down Northwestern, but trying to play your way into a first round buy in the Big Ten tournament That's a pretty big goal and a pretty important thing for a team like Nebraska, like Indiana, like Wisconsin, like like Rutgers.
1: Yeah, I think the conversation now that we know Northwestern is most likely going to lock up a one seed. Is Mm -hmm. Northwestern good enough to host and get a national seed? Right. As of right now, I... I, I was trying to do my own version of Brocketology <laughs> the other day, which yes. is maybe for another conversation, but your
0: own, your uh, own difficulty. Yeah.
1: But I, I do feel like Northwestern is going to host maybe out of 15 or 16. Seat. Right.
0: Yeah, they're not they're not hosting supers. No, uh, but but they are going to host a regional, I would think, um, y- you know, I, there there's not enough runway on the RPI, although they go, you know, you look at at their stretch coming up at Wisconsin, at Michigan, Nebraska. I mean, that, that's a good three-week stretch where if they're able to win some games, I mean, not not to say they can play themselves into super regional talk, but, but maybe you can get into that 9 to 12 range, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, because, yeah, beyond, you know, trying to play yourself into supers, that's not going to happen. Yeah. There, there's not enough room. Uh, but you want to create the most favorable path you can to get yourself to Oklahoma city. And, and that, I think that's the opportunity ahead for Northwestern. So storylines to track another interesting week of, of big 10 softball and Nebraska softball coming up. And next week we will chat all about it here on behind the plate with Marin and Nate, our thanks to Indiana's head coach, Shonda Stanton for joining us this week. Most of all, Our thanks to you for listening along with us to Behind the Plate with Marin and Nate. We'll talk to you next week.